0: Pod. I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to the latest episode of Celebration of Cinema, or Celebrate Our Cinemas, depending on what you prefer, in association with Meerkat Movies from Compare the Market. It's the podcast which sees me talk every week to someone from the world of film and ask them about their own memories of going to the cinema over the years. The movies that made them laugh, the movies that made them cry, the movies that made them jump up in terror, that sort of thing. This week's guest is the wonderful, wickedly funny, one and only Asim Chowdhury, star of People Just Do Nothing, big in Japan. That's the big screen spin-off, or escalation if you prefer, of People Just Do Nothing, the long-running BBC sitcom in which Chowdhury stars as Jabadi G, the iconic and slightly hapless wannabe entrepreneur slash manager of Corrupt FM. You'll never guess where they go in the movie, by the way, folks. Japan. In case, that wasn't obvious. And Japan is where we start in this interview, in which Chowdhury also talks about the formative experiences of his movie-going life, the films that made him laugh, cry, and, you know, the other one as well. Oh, and speaking of which, he talks about that time paranormal activity almost got him into deep trouble with US customs, and we almost started business together. You'll have to listen to find out what and why. As anyone who has followed Chowdhury's work over the years will know, he is a very, very funny man, and I had an absolute blast talking to him, and I hope you guys do too. Do please enjoy. We're delighted to be joined on this very, very special Celebration of Cinema podcast series by the star of People Just Do Nothing Big in Japan, Asim Chowdhury. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. I am not too bad. Thanks for thanks for asking. So, you were on the regular empire podcast recently Mm. we talked about how you spent a lot of time in tokyo whilst you were filming this movie towards the tail end of 2019 Mm -hmm. and so i i wanted to start there i've been in tokyo a few times but i've never been to the cinema in japan did you get a
1: chance to go to the cinema in japan i didn't and you know what absolutely trick missed there because i would have loved to have gone i did want to go actually because there were a few films out at that time um, one of, one of the crew did actually, one of the cast members, Decoy, Dan, he went actually and he, he, he had a really good time, I forgot what he watched actually, but, um, I should have gone but you know like I said my schedule was just a bit mental I've kind of learned a lesson now because I went on from one film shoot to straight another one with no rest and I think I kind of kind of burnt out a little bit towards the end and even when I had like two or three days left and my my girlfriend came over I was such a moody git you know and I'm here in Japan and it was so annoying because I was like I knew I know I was being a I knew I was being a moody git, but yeah. I literally just burnt out. Like, you know, it was like three months nonstop every day, you know. So I learned a lesson now to be like, look, I can't, you know, instead of the schedule, I need a little break, man. Cause it's just, you know what I mean? It's just it's not fair on yourself. It's not fair on that. I was an absolute moody bastard. And there yeah. I was in Japan. I'll tell you one thing though, I did get from Japan. Okay. Like literally, is the toilets. You know about this, Chris, right? I know the toilets, yeah. Mate, I absolutely loved them, right? And I actually got—I've got a Japanese toilet now in my home and in, in my flat in Hackney. Really, I've got a Japanese toilet in my flat in Hackney, and it's—it's it's the best thing i've ever bought in my life i've had it for nearly a year and a half now and it is my baby i'm telling you she takes care of me you know she washes me and she dries me she comforts me <laughs> she sings to me <laughs> i swear to you chris you, i have the cleanest arsehole in hackney and if you want to come round, you don't believe me you come round for a shit mate whenever you want okay it's an I opening invite i think we're inviting me around to inspect <laughs> rather than <laughs> no you come round, i'll wait outside and then you do your business and i'll be like all right chris how you doing how's it yep. going All right. How's the progress? You feeling anything yet? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> honestly the best investment ever and i don't know why i don't know what the problem is with this country we are so advanced in so many ways but we are barbaric when it comes to our toilet hygiene like in japan 85 percent or something have it even if you go into like the dodgiest little services you'll see a, a an, um you know an automatic robot toilet um uh you know the japanese toilets are everywhere and in terms of hygiene and paper like you don't need to use that much toilet paper because it dries you it's bare for everything Thing you know, it's so great. I don't know he- why heated seats. The whole thing, it's, it's, mate, it's. Tremendous. Oh my god, heated seats in the winter. You know when you need to shit, and it's literally you sit down there. The only, the only bad thing about it is you spend too much time on there. You get dead leg. You know, I mean, all that stuff. It gets a bit too comfortable, but it's amazing, mate. I'm so passionate. I know we're talking about films, but. May I could do a whole podcast on Japanese no, toilets. Listen,
0: we, we could spin off into Celebration of the Toilets. I'm, I'm happy to do that. But uh, but actually, no, maybe another time. Maybe another time. But it makes you think, right? Because I didn't have that cinema experience in Japan. Mm-hmm. You didn't have that no. cinematic experience in Japan. But I have gone to cinema in Indonesia, and it was absolutely wild. Like, really? Really. One of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. The seats are luxurious and really comfortable. And almost everything's a double. Wow. You can recline all the way back. The sound is incredible. The picture's incredible. It's air conditioned. They really, really take care of you. So wow. I imagine if Japan is as dedicated to its cinema comfort as it is to its toilet toilets. comfort, <laughs>
1: then you're going to be quids in. Well, hold on a minute. There we go. Japanese toilets in a cinema. Imagine that. You're watching a film and you're getting a full MOT down there at the same time. Bloody hell. I mean, could there be anything better?
0: That'd be amazing. Just watching that scene from Dumb and Dumber with Jeff Daniels in yeah. the toilet, but you're on a really good toilet. You're on a really good toilet, yeah. I like the it. The worst toilet in the world in, in train spotting. And also, you're on the. Oh,
1: also, yes, a, re- a really weird. Um, the, you know, what they call the backyard cinema. Yes. That would be a really weird. <laughs> <laughs> the, ele- the Japanese toilet backyard cinema experience. Wow! Assam, are you interested in a side hustle? Because I think this is our Dragonstone idea. <laughs> this is my Chibuddy side coming out, as you can see. This is the, the Chibuddy side of my brain. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's Dragon amazing. don't imagine that? <laughs> and yeah, now, my friend Chris will demonstrate. Uh, well, I don't need to have a shit. We'll force one. Come, we're on the spot. <laughs> give him some milk or something come on we call him Cine poo. -poo. there we go it's done love it love it oh my god
0: um so so you haven't gone to cinema you haven't gone to cinema in japan have you been anywhere exotic what's the most what's the most glamorous location that you've seen a film in in the in the oh
1: really good question you know what i've got such a nostalgic memory of being I think maybe ten or nine or something like that, and I was in. My mom was briefly married to an American dude, um, so we went to go visit him out in Orlando, and um, it was a bit, you know, it was a bit weird because it was like the new stepdad, you know, kind of thing. But he was cool. They're not together anymore. Marriage doesn't last. It's a myth. Anyway, um, <laughs> and um, I remember we watched a film. My first, I remember we went to Red Lobster, which was quite cool because you know it's like a very American back then. Yeah. And then we watched um, Bowfinger. Bowfinger? Bowfinger. Bowfinger, yeah. Bowfinger. And I and I just remember that cinema was so old school and it had the popcorn with they poured the butter on the top of it. And I just remember that film was so funny. I think it's a very underrated comedy film, actually. Great. I think Eddie Murphy, I mean obviously, you know, um Steve Martin's amazing as well, but Eddie Murphy's Eddie Murphy's performance in that, playing the nerd, and obviously the, the the action star. And it's a brilliant concept for a film, you know, like if you can't get this big megastar, just film it without him knowing. And that scene when he's running across the road and he's like <laughs> like just hysterically it was so memorable and it wasn't the most luxurious cinema but it was old school man like it had, it had an art deco kind of vibe i feel like and because i was so young and it was america and then i remember we saw a crocodile after that like just on the street like an alligator or a croc i can't remember which ones but what the hell yeah we just saw one from a distance and then this my stepdad was just like getting in the car and but for him it was like normal and i remember he had a gun you know, like, and he, I remember he said something that he was like, he was like, he was like, my my gun's like American Express. Never leave, never leave home without it. And I was like, wow, you're cool. I mean, you're banging my mom, which is weird, but you are cool. <laughs> and he was just completely unfazed by seeing an alligator on the, you know, so it was a mad day. And I just thought, I think all the stuff around it made that cinema and the film itself. So whenever I watched that film, it's really nostalgic. But that was a really memorable cinematic and cinema experience for me. I love that. Amazing. So
0: is the uh, is the cinema important to you? Are you a big moviegoer?
1: I love it. I love cinema. You know, ever since I was uh, a really, you know, a young boy, I remember I was making films, making, you know, with any kind of cameras I had, anything, you know, I remember editing as well. I love the power of editing. I just love it. I, I, quite a few years back now, I stopped going to cinema with people. So I've been exclusively going to cinema on my own, for, probably for the last seven or eight years. I, oh, don't- I see
0: what you mean. Initially, I thought you meant that you worked out an entire cinema on your own. you just went <laughs> by yourself.
1: I'm not that bougie, Chris.
0: Okay. <laughs> Wait, what you meant is you, you don't go with friends.
1: I don't go with anyone, okay. yeah. I don't like going <laughs> to the cinema with anyone. I mean, I just, I don't enjoy it. I like to just be fully immersed. And even at home, to be honest, like, I watch films, some with my girlfriend, but mostly I like to watch films on my own. I like to be immersed. I like to just get lost in cinema, you know, I don't really, you know, and sometimes I like writing a little review after that on letterbox or something, or even just for myself, write some thoughts down. And I really love cinema. I just think it's, you know, it's, it's the purest form of escapism. And, um, you know, in terms of, you know, storytelling and nostalgia, like it's just everything, you know, without film, you know, it's, it's quite a depressing world. I think, you know, you need film, mm. it's, it uplifts you. It can make you think, it can make you laugh, make you cry. I mean, everything, you know, I love it. What was the film
0: that made you fall in love with cinema? Or was there more than one? Um
1: I always say, you know, I always say Taxi Driver is probably my number one. Um, which I remember watching Taxi Driver when I was quite young, you know, quite inappropriate. But I remember it was probably around um year nine, year eight. I probably watched Taxi Driver and i just loved it i love the soundtrack i just you know what i love i love lonely characters in neon cities i think there's just something about those kind of films that just make me feel something so strong you know and you know the, you know you know god's lonely man and you know it, just that character and oh god it's just it's an absolutely beautiful film and It's Mm. dark. It's depressing. It could be humorous. It's surreal. It's, it made me want to like live in New York, even though it looked so dangerous and it looked, I just wanted to be part of that kind of that aesthetic, I think. I don't know what it was, but yeah, definitely Taxi Driver was definitely one of the first films that made me think, wow, this is like pure cinema, you know? Um, and obviously there's been so many, you know, films over the past years, but yeah, I think if I had to like, just my go-to, I would probably say, taxi driver but it has changed but yeah it probably has the first i would say the first mm. so that's, the, that's the, uh, the gateway drug
0: yeah presumably that wasn't a cinematic experience i must have been on vhs i'm guessing back in the day but uh, what, what was the childhood cinema for you where did you uh, where did you go to when you were growing up
1: so i'm from Houselow, but uh, kind of a, a smaller place in hauser called hamworth and we had Feltham cineworld um, and I remember that was my my kind of go-to place. I remember actually bunking from school once and going to watch Men in Black on my own. I don't know why that's really memorable. But we had that. But actually, I, t- we had, a, I had a really, really strong memory of if you... There was a very famous um, Bollywood cinema in West Ealing. Right. It's closed down now, but it was like... I think it was voted as one of the worst cinemas in the country... <laughs> Like, you know, they had rats, and, like, it was just disgusting. But it was a pure Bollywood cinema, and it was really famous. And, you know, because, uh, you know, Bollywood films are so long, they have this thing called intermission, which is basically a break because the film's so fucking long. And I just remember as a child, like, really young, this is before, you know, Taxi Driver and watching any of those films. As a child, I remember going to watch these Bollywood films, which were great because Bollywood, 90s Bollywood is the best Bollywood, because it's that that (laughs) awkward bit when they're not really trying, they're not they're not fully kind of Asian and they're not fully kind of American or British. They're trying to be American. They're trying to be British. But you know what I mean? So there's loads of English when they're like, hey, man, shut up, man, all that kind of like, it's just so wrong. And there was loads of remakes of English films that are hilarious and the villains, oh my God, it was it was just genius like i love i've even written a um a bollywood film spoof like a comedy that i will that i will make one day but anyway um that memory of going there with my mum, my dad my aunties, my cousin everyone dressed up everyone really glam but going into this shittiest cinema ever and watching this three-hour film with an intermission and during the intermission is when you go outside and all the uncles will be smoking pipes and you know cigars and you know drinking their whiskey and eating their curry like it was just just such an amazing experience and i don't know what it's called but i I can't remember the name of it but it was very famous i'll say that was a very very memorable cinema experience for me for people who know they'll know west Ealing, the bollywood cinema people just know and then after that it became a Polish cinema, I swear to God. Really? Yeah, it became a Polish cinema. And now it's apartments, obviously. Oh, so, of yeah, course, yeah. Of course, of course. Is. That's the
0: cinema's ultimate fate <laughs> in, a, in, a, in yeah. a way. Yeah. It's like the they're, they're chrysalis stage is being a cinema, and then they, they, they bloom into these glorious butterflies that are two-bedroom apartments at <laughs> yeah. £650,000. <laughs> exactly, grey, <laughs> completely grey. <laughs> oh, man. So that's gone. That cinema's gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Feltham Cine World, is that still with us? Feltham
1: Cine World is still there, yeah. And that was a very important place as well. I remember, you know, because it had the arcades there as well, bowling. And um, it was just really, really an amazing place to go. I mean, I remember getting robbed there. I remember, you know, going on a date there. I remember, I mean, just every, there was loads of firsts there, if you know what I mean. Um, And a lot of my friends used to work there and, yeah, it was, uh, it was our spot, you know what I mean? It was like when you're young, you know, I don't know if kids do that anymore. Do kids still go to like the cinema and go to the arcade machines? I feel like they're more like, I don't know, but I feel like they're more like going into central London now, Soho and doing TikToks. They're more advanced. Like for us, it was like, we wouldn't go to central London. We would be at the flipping Cine world mega bowl down the road. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. smoking cigarettes in the back and trying to, you know, s- snog a girl, you know, like that was our thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely still about and, um, good memories there. Amazing,
0: and without giving away where you live, obviously, um, what's your local cinema these days?
1: <laughs> you know what? I actually can't. It's fine. I live in Hackney. Um, my local, cinema, see, because they're both called like, you know, Hackney Picture House and uh, Hackney. You know, they all called Hackney. Yeah, Picture <laughs> House is my is my. Uh, but I'm quite close to um, Screen on the Green as well. Is it Green Screen? Oh, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is an amazing green. little cinema as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, Hackney uh, Picture House is my local. Do you go often? I do. Well, I, I did. It's a bit weird now, isn't it? I haven't really been for a while, but I really want to go see that new Soul documentary, the yes. Soul concert. I've heard that. And awesome. there's also the Rio. The Rio's down the road from me as well, in Dalston. Yeah. Um, so I, that was I, my re- first local cinema in, in London. Really?
0: I lived in, I lived in Dalston for a while, right at the end of the road where the Rio was.
1: Yeah, it's a cool cinema, isn't it? It's nice. Yeah. It's got a lot of character. I'm I'm going to try and catch that documentary. I need I, I, For me, it's just my schedule at the moment. It's just insane with promoting the film and I'm about to go into another film and I'm writing a lot so I mm-hmm. want to find time because you know what I want to do here's an idea Chris another mm-hmm. one to go with our Japanese toilet um, sure. pop-up experience oh pop-up more like a poop-up oh, anyway See, um, yeah, we,
0: got it in, we got it in the end Right, right, <laughs> right. Sidney Pooh was, was just a working title yeah. write that
1: down <laughs> <laughs> like it's a really massive revelation <laughs> um, um, uh, what was I going to say uh, your big business idea yes what was it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um. God, Chris, brain fart. That's all right. Oh, it was really good as well. That's so annoying. Oh, oh does man. that ever happen to you? I don't even smoke weed yeah. anymore. Uh, like <laughs> I haven't for years.
0: So yeah, obviously I don't want to give away where you live, so don't worry. Uh, but
1: mm-hmm. uh, but
0: do send me your postcode, and I will see the draft, uh <laughs> later on. Uh, and and so let's talk about some specific experiences that you've had in cinemas over the years. Um. Do you remember the funniest film you've seen in a cinema?
1: You talked about Bowfinger earlier on, but mm. was there something else? That's a really good question, isn't it? I'm trying to think if I saw because you know what a film I watched the other day again, and I realized okay, this is this might be the greatest comedy film of all time. Mm-hmm. Is Team America? Oh my god! And and actually, I think I did see it in the cinema. And I think I actually, you know what, mate, I have to say, yeah, Team America is definitely up there. But I have to say, I remember watching In Betweeners movie in cinema. And that was fucking hilarious, the first one. And I remember watching the Harry Enfield, um, uh, Kevin and Perry film in the cinema, and that was fucking hilarious. And both those two, I mean, those two films at the end, they're not like the best comedy films ever, but in the cinema with everyone laughing along and being, being young and being part of that generation, you know what I mean? Like growing up with those shows, that was amazing. But yeah, I would say Team America... Watching that in the cinema, that was a very, there was a lot of audible laughter, a lot of people kind of not being able to breathe because they're laughing so hard. It was just, (laughs) it's such a fantastic film because it does all the things that, you know, South Park does, but because of the, the, you know, because of the puppets they're using, Mm -hmm. it adds an extra level of shit to it. Like, you know, like the the sex scene, obviously, but you know, some of the lines as well, where she goes, I will have sex with you right now if you promise me never to die. And he goes, i will never die (laughs) (laughs) and they kiss and the fighting and then it's so offensive but to everyone like it starts off in paris and everyone's like like this baguettes and croissants and like it's every stereotype you could ever imagine you know the 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 duck duck you know jihad it should be offensive but it's not and it it never will be that's the thing with and i think they're the only people who can still do shit and never ever get cancelled they're never getting cancelled no Never. And I think uh, they're uncancellable. And I think for me, Team America has to be up there with maybe Borat as well. If I did a top three, I, I watched Borat in the cinema as well. Very funny, the first one in the cinema. A lot of laughs. Um, and maybe Dumb and Dumber, you know. I think I think those three for me. But yeah, I didn't watch Dumb and Dumber in the cinema. But yeah, Team America in the cinema, absolutely incredible, incredible. It's an incredible
0: experience, isn't it? You, know, you obviously got the communal experience. The lights are down. Everyone's yeah. laughing together. Laughter's infectious, uh, which is great. And you know, all through the pandemic, there were some really really good comedies that have come out over the last year or so. But for example, I watched. I don't know if you've seen Barb and Star Go to Fista Del Mar. No, which is just I, I want
1: to watch that. Yeah, it's on my list. Genius comedy,
0: and I really? just. I, I I watched it here, watching it on my computer on my own because it was embargoed and I couldn't even show it to my wife. Oh I'm man, just, I'm just sitting here laughing yeah. so hard, but just wishing I was in a cinema with you know with other people just losing their shit or watching The Stony Face because it's one of those movies you either get it or you don't. Totally, totally. But yeah, I miss that. I miss that. I miss that aspect of it all, and I miss being scared shitless in cinemas as well. So yes. that brings me on to question number two: scariest film you've ever seen.
1: Oh, that's a great question. I love horror. I really, really love horror. That's actually, you know, without, you know, like I spoke before, I don't know if it was on this one or the last one, but like the film that I'm working on, which is, um, with BBC films, I can't speak too much about, but Mm. it is a horror film. Um, you know, and it's a horror film that I've been writing for around, you know, three and a half years. And now I've, you know, officially kind of gone and got it, you know, you know working with bbc films and rose Garnet and it's a horror film so i love horror and i think just that weird thing of like comedy guys going and doing horror or doing drama and doing straight things is always like so it's bizarre but in a, in a weird way because comedy you know it's kind of a defense mechanism about what you you know about fear it's a lot a lot to do with fear yeah. and insecurities and what are you really afraid of and questioning fear and questioning all that stuff so th- i love horror like it might actually be my favorite genre of any film, you know? Um, now in terms of cinema, I have to say the scariest film, well, okay. So there's two and they're very similar. Okay. The scariest film I've ever seen was when I was, I think I was 13 or 14. And I went to go watch the Blair Witch Project okay and i remember this was like dial-up days i don't know if the internet was popping popping but we read some stuff about Blair the blair witch about how it was a double bluff where they were going oh the film's real but it's not actually real but actually it is real and that's why it's being banned so it was maybe that's a triple bluff i don't know so we went in there not fully knowing and not having a source not having a credible source because we read some articles we heard some stuff so we went in there and i swear to god that's that that experience i remember i went, I went with my mate and i went with my sister and my sister's mate we were all around you know 13 14 or 50 something i can't remember but that was terrifying but it was terrifying but also so inspiring because then afterwards i i found out how much they you know the budget was for the film yeah and then how much they made in the film and i was like wow like this is genius but it was terrifying and in the cinema people were very uncomfortable it was like watching a snuff it was like watching something that you shouldn't see you know it yeah. felt yeah forbidden and yeah. it felt really wrong but it was genius and i think hasn't really been replicated since and i don't think it ever can you know because of the timing like you th- you know, there's so much you know people just call out bullshit now and um yeah i think blair witch is definitely definitely up there as that's a, the, that's the, a
0: cracking answer.
1: Yeah. Cracking in terms answer. of cinema, because obviously I didn't see The Shining and, you know, all and The Exorcist. I didn't see that as cinema. I saw that at home, you know what I mean? So, in terms of the cinema, yeah, that was terrifying. And I don't think a film has scared me since, like, in the end of cinema since Blair Witch. Mm-hmm.
0: Have you ever had an experience where you've watched something in a bespoke place? For example, at Empire years ago, when Paranormal Activity came out, which is kind of, you know, Blair Witch's heir apparent, <laughs> uh, we showed it in. What we were told was London's most haunted pub, so we hired. Oh, I love that. We, we hired out a haunted pub, and we got loads of readers to come in, and we showed paranormal activity uh, to mm-hmm. them. in. can't remember if we did a Q and A afterwards or not, but uh, that was that was wild. Just watching people lose their shit in real time was in in what they thought was a haunted pub was 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 awesome.
1: I love that and you know what like I said there was two that was my second one paranormal activity years later um I watched that in so I, I it's a long story I won't tell you all of it but I got I went to New York Film Academy when I was younger me and two of my mates and we went there to obviously study film because I, I did film and broadcast as my as my degree so we thought we'd save money and go to you know New York Film Academy we kind of got there and we realized it was a bullshit course you know it was like four grand to like make a short film on these cameras that you know it was just it was like and there was all these kind of foreign students and we just realized it was so not you know after doing a degree in film for three years to go on to do this three this three month course that was like four grand we realized it was a bit of a not a scam but it was a bit like a thing of like oh yeah I went to NYFA you know what I mean? So then they were like, if you want to drop out, you've got to drop out today, you'll get a full refund. And we're like, why don't we just drop out, spend time in New York and just do our own? We had our own equipment. We had DSLRs and lenses. We were like, let's just make our own shit, you know? So then they were like, but if you drop out, your student visa is void. They said, but there is a loophole. You can go to Canada and you can come back on your visa waiver. That's a real loophole. it's legal, wow. but it's okay. dodgy. So we went to Canada, all our, most of our shit stood in New York, and then um, we went to Toronto, had an amazing three days there, stayed in Chinatown, watched paranormal activity right? It was very, because obviously we were young filmmakers, we got very inspired, we started thinking about an idea where we, we could find someone who's got no family, nothing, and we do something similar where we make it look like he's been, whatever, killed in, by some ghost, and we, pay, <laughs> and we pay him, and then we, and then we leave the footage in the, in the forest to be discovered naturally, and it might take years. Anyway, we had this elaborate idea, and we thought, well, you know, we will go to jail for this, but it's worth it. Then we got so, while we're having this conversation, we're in a Hooters bar in Toronto, then okay. we started being paranoid about, do you think everything will be fine once we go back to customs? And they're like, yeah, it's fine. It's, it's all legit, isn't it? We're, you know, It's a loophole, but it's legit. And then we started getting more and more drunk, and then we really started pa- panicking. So one of my mates said the most stupidest thing ever. He said, why don't we just rip out our student visas, our passports, and just not mention it? So that's what we did. And I'm like... <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> and this is all the same days we watched paranormal activity, because all these crazy <laughs> illegal ideas. So we ripped out our visas and left them in our beer glass. And then we were interrogated for eight hours at the US Embassy in in at the airport. Um at customs, US customs. And we got we basically got denied entry back to the u s and then it was like look, long story short, we completely admitted we said we're idiots, we were drunk, we were paranoid yeah you know, we're kids here we're like twenty one right we're not we yeah. you know. so then we got we went back to England, got a normal visa, and came back to New York It was' a, you know two three weeks, but obviously heartbreaking i remember the funniest moment was because they interrogated you know they, they went through all my belongings and i remember i used to get my hair cut by this dude this arab dude in uh in hounslow his name was al Wasam, and i remember <laughs> the u.s customs guy just walked in really seriously threw the card on the table and he went who is al wassam <laughs> i was like he's a camp barber from hounslow west like i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry guys i fucked up please tell me more about this camp <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of camp is it huh? oh i love it i love it uh, sorry I, I told you i wasn't gonna take the whole story and i basically did sorry oh, i'm did. to tell it really quickly though sorry
0: and all paranormal activities fault as well it um, is
1: though because it was such a, again a genius idea and yeah. it makes you it makes you start thinking outside of the box so it will lead you to do stupid shit like you've ripped your flipping student visa out you know what i mean like but oh man yeah i can laugh about it now but tr- honestly during the time it was very traumatic like, i was i cried like, i remember being in Toronto, broke because i was so broke i had no money yeah. you know we we didn't get our refund yet from knife we were waiting for that i didn't want to call my mum, my mum up and be like mom i've dropped out and i you know i mean imagine that yeah it was horrible yeah. i said just you know anyway oh well, happy now. Ha-
0: happy memories yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly All <laughs> well, good um good actually this is a uh, this brings us on nicely to the uh, the movie that made you cry the most in a cinema
1: wow it's not hard to make me cry you know that i'm i'm a firm believer in um man let it out you know i mean i think in terms of men as well these days like there's so much toxic masculinity and like you know pride and all that i'm all about have a little have a little cry mate. you feel great after a film and you have a little cry so in the cinema which made me cry the most yeah man what can i say that is really really tough i would oh Okay, I you know what? I would say most recently I remember going to watch Roma with my friends in the cinema I and mean, that was a very emotionally exhausting film. I think I cried maybe four or five times during that film. Um it, it was really yeah, it was a ty- brilliant film which I think is a bit forgotten actually. I think even though yeah, it has been it has been a bit forgotten because maybe because of the whole Netflix thing, but and it was like the first film that was really big on Netflix that was supposed to be cinema. You know like cinema and netflix all that kind it was like the first of that film which was like and it's a foreign film and it gets a bit you know you you know but yeah roma definitely definitely messed me up a little bit i'd say um minari as well i I was quite teary with minari as well i feel like Mm. minari reminded me of my family a lot because you know my family were immigrants young young married couple as well and i remember the grand really reminded me of my grand and the little boy kind of reminded me of me and the sister reminded me of my sister and just you know trying to make it and just that scene which is such a beautiful scene when um you know she says um you know i can't do this anymore you know when, she, when the, and it's just so powerful you're like wow like you know and she says that you know you want to be with me when things are good but when things are bad you want to run away like it was just it was just you know my parents are divorced and all that and i think it was just very tough for a young couple who were trying to make it and you know immigrants in a foreign land and trying to do the best for the kids very emotional so yeah i would say minari and roma definitely messed me up
0: that, yeah those are those are beautiful films uh they absolutely are you've just just uh, reminded me of an experience i had when i saw uh, a monster calls at a screening and the list right. is filled with hardened journalists. I don't know if you've ever seen <laughs> a monster calls. It's, I
1: haven't, you know, that it's oh one I missed. God. I need it's to watch tremendous. it.
0: Well, I won't give it away, but let's just say no. the, the, the last few minutes are very emotional. So the, uh, the, the, the lights, the credits start rolling, the lights come up. I'm in the very front row, of the, uh, the cinema, and all I can hear behind me is row after row of people just sniffing and sobbing. Really it's wild. I've There's just written it down experience. on my
1: watch list because I, I remember when it came out and I just kind of missed it and I've heard it's great. I've yeah. heard it's great.
0: It is absolutely tremendous. Well, um, I've got to you go on in, a, in a second because I, I know you've got a technical
1: test. In, in, yeah, a, I've got the <laughs> test. Yeah.
0: Um, but so I'm going to do a quick speed round. So, is there a memorable audience reaction which springs to mind? You know, it could be a blockbuster, it could be a comedy, it could be a horror film where you just, you know, you get that communal experience of people gasping or applauding or just reacting physically to a film.
1: You know what I would say? Um, I would say, Parasite was very interesting to watch in the cinema. I mean, like uh, you know, I, I actually think like I remember I watched a, a, an early screening of Parasite actually on my way to Japan, and oh, really? um, okay. yeah, through the kind of whatever they are the BAFTA portals or whatever. Yeah. And um, I, I remember when I got to Japan, it's all I was talking about for the first week, just telling everyone you need to go watch this film. Then I watched it again in the cinema, and I remember the reactions were just. So many. Laughter, gasps, crying. Like that I honestly think Parasite, and I know it's not it's not overrated or underrated or overhyped or underhyped. It is what it is. It's just a masterpiece. I think I think Parasite might be the best film ever made. And at first I used to say I was the best film of the decade, which I think it is, but I think it might be the best film ever made because you have to remember in what year it came out as well. Like some of the films that came out in that in the same year as Parasite were also incredible like you know it came out i remember like the lighthouse um i mean i I can't even i I remember i saw a list the other day 1917 the invisible man obviously not as good but like midsummer like joker um i I, once upon a time in hollywood like it was an actually absolutely insane year for movies Mm. and it crushed all of them and it uh, you know and, and it not only won like the best you know obviously best foreign film it won the best film of the whole year so for me i think 10 years down the line people will be rating parasite as the best film of all time i think so anyway and it was definitely the most Audible, audibly diverse range of noises I've ever heard in a cinema. It had everything because it had everything because the film has everything. Yeah, do you know what I mean? The film really does have everything. I'm trying to find this. I had an amazing list of these films in 2019 that I forgot about that so many films went. And I was like, fucking hell! It really did beat a lot of amazing films. Like it had a lot of competition. It wasn't a. It was a one a really good year for cinema. And it crushed. Like, and I rated it. I remember I put a bet down to actually be like, I, I you know, that it will win best film. And I was proper, proper, just fully behind it. So yeah, I'd say Parasite for that. Sorry, this is supposed to be this quick round. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. You should be, you should have put 10 grand on it. My God. Been... No, no, I'll put like 20 quid on it. I not Oh man. It was more just because I was staying up late for it and I wanted to like a reason uh, to stay up late, one of them ones. I got have the
0: courage, your convictions in these things. Uh, that's why I developed a massive gambling habit and huge yeah. debt. Uh, so uh, just real quick. I I obviously uh, people just do know things about the come out in the cinemas. I don't know whether you've seen it with an audience yet, but have you had, what's it like watching your own films in cinemas?
1: Well, like I said, you know, I've seen it many, many times, but no, I haven't watched it in cinema yet. Are we actually watching it on cinema next week, and I've literally invited everyone. Like, I invited my mum to... My dad, who are divorced, remarried with different kids, and that's going to be interesting. I've invited basically all my friends, anyone who knows me, because it's a massive, it's in Cineworld World in Leicester Square, so it's like, which we can't, like you know, there's so many, there's so much space. I've literally just invited everyone, which is quite anxiety-provoking. But that will be the first time I watch it with an audience, and I'm, I'm kind of like. I'm shitting it a little bit but at the same time I know like I'm very confident with the film I think we did a I think we did a good job like you know I think it's it's very hard to transition from tv to film a tv show to film I mean and I think we've done we've done it in an honest way sincere where we've kept true to the well I hope so and it kept true to the show but elevated in a way made it feel cinematic made you enjoy Japan you know characters are still the same characters um so I, I'm I'm proud of it and I think I'm mm-hmm. very proud of just doing something with your mates from nothing, you know, starting from nothing, starting from your mate's bedroom, filming little YouTube sketches to having, shooting a film with Japan. It's mental and I'll always be surprised and humbled by it. So yeah, I can't wait. So you'll, you'll, you'll watch it. You're not one of those
0: actors who just ducks out halfway through because you're you're looking for the mistakes or you're seeing the mistakes and
1: you just can't. I've seen can't all the mistakes it. and gave all my notes and fought with a hundred people about it. So <laughs> I'm over that now. I'm happy with it. I, I, I'm at peace with it now, you know.
0: <laughs> amazing and the uh the last question uh this is a big one perhaps what's your cinema food slash snack of choice oh god
1: <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a girthy boy, so I do kind of... It, the thing with cinema food is that it always gets consumed within the first, like nearly before the film even starts, during the adverts. For me, anyway, I just kind of scoff it down, because I almost see it as a meal. Because uh, <laughs> like well, you're supposed to eat after, aren't you, the film? So you're starving yeah. before. Yeah. Um, okay, I would probably go for popcorn mixed, you know? Okay, good. It's yeah. a bit of yin-yang. It's like life. It's a metaphor for life, you know, light That's and good. dark you always need opposites (laughs) um i will go for maybe probably mostly a coke zero but if i'm feeling a bit fancy i might get one of them frozen tango things yeah nice blast yeah it gives me brain freeze but i do it's very nostalgic i do like it and now i guess it's disgusting because now obviously no plastic straw so the straw gets soggy within 30 seconds um and then i'll probably i do like nachos i'm not gonna lie but the nachos needs to come with everything like you know it needs to have the the jalapenos it needs to have the salsa and it needs to have the cheese sauce i can't just do you know one with it has to be everything you know and, and a lot of the times they don't have they always miss one condiment they won't have the cheese or the sauce or the jalapenos and i'm just like well leave it then i'm like is it cheaper that you haven't they're like no it's the same price yeah some spotty teenager be like, no it's the same price. why is it the same price no cheese sauce you know what <laughs> what I mean? it should be cheaper you know you're gonna negotiate, start haggling with the guy yeah, behind yeah. the counter. <laughs> I'll give you thirty p, take it or leave it. I'm walking away. I'm walking away.
0: You're just gonna throw them out at the end of the night anyway. You yeah, might exactly. as well just give them to me.
1: It's true. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, on that note, I'm actually going to try that next time I'm at this. <laughs> See how it goes. Yeah. Uh, but on that note, uh, Asim, I'm going to let you go. Uh, it's been, it's been an experience co-founding and a, a business with you. I didn't expect that. But, I know, I'm, just,
1: I'm, I'm just annoyed that I can't remember the other business. I'll, I'll, it'll come to me like in a week or something, and I'll be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, just Annoying. sliding into my DMs. Let's make this happen. We'll be on I Dragon's Den
0: before the year is out. Yeah. Uh, Asim Chowdhury, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Thanks so much indeed.
1: Thank you very much, mate. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care.
0: And that was Asim Chowdhury. And if you want more of him, and I know you do, He's on this week's Empire podcast and is also very, very funny on that. People Just Do Nothing Big in Japan is out from Wednesday, 18th of August. So check that out if you're going to the cinema anytime soon, which I would highly recommend you do. I would also highly recommend listening to the first two episodes of Celebration of Cinema, featuring interviews with Olga Kurilenko and the composer David Arnold. And stay tuned for next week's because it is a belter, folks, as Mr. Simon Pegg talks to us about his most memorable movie-going experiences. But until then, that is it from this week's celebration of cinema in association with Meerkat movies from Compare the Market. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Bye.